Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Monty Larrick here. Peter Breen is Vice President and Senior Counsel for the Pro-Life Thomas More Society. He's running to serve the 48th State House District, a position he held for several years before he was defeated in 2018. And you see the need to come back. Well, and this was something that uh, I actually was not going to run again. Uh, We got a new baby 12 days before the general election. We adopted our second little guy. And I've had a very busy uh, legal schedule through Thomas More but I had so many people asking me, please run again. Literally over 100 people, and including folks uh, on the street in the loop where I'd be just walking to the office, people I didn't know would would stop me in the street and ask me. Uh, And and just looking at the, the state of the state, uh, we definitely need the same reforms that we needed when I first started and that, that got me going in the beginning. And so uh, we decided to take the plunge again. And one big reform that you're trying to uh, usher through through the ballot initiative is fair maps. Tell us about that. Fundamentally, you know, the establishment in Illinois wants you to believe that there's nothing you can do to fix the corruption. There's nothing the citizenry can do. Everything is just, you know, hopeless and all that. And it's actually part of their strategy. Well, what I did was realized there is one thing we can do, and that is to take the mapping power out of the hands of Mike Madigan. Because what happens is every 10 years, Madigan draws these districts to put his cronies in, in very specially uh, designed districts. So they're not actually representing a, a community or a cohesive group of people. They're actually, you know, they're representing the group that Mike Madigan wants them to represent. And so by fixing that, by pulling that power away from him, we actually could seriously change the corruption environment in the state. Uh, and and it's, it's not just a, a Republican versus Democrat issue. It's the fact that when you draw a lot of safe districts, say a lot of safe Democratic districts, well, what happens is you get the most radical of the Democrats. So the worst parts of that party actually put their people in. You even draw a moderately Democratic district, well then all of a sudden a pro-life Democrat could be elected. A more moderate person would really be able to to reflect the beliefs of their their community. Along with, of course, uh, in years where there is a swing to the Republicans, well Republicans could take more districts. And so all of that together, we put fair maps in and we actually have a chance of doing the reforming, both on the Uh, the various, uh, you know, the life issues and and other issues of religious liberty and the issues of of finances, which are just absolutely crushing families across the state. And, you know, and that's that's part of this spirit where they're they're trying to to take away uh, our hope our belief in self-governance, uh, which which has been tough to believe in here in Illinois uh, over these past few years. So who would choose how the map is drawn? So Fair Maps Illinois, that's our initiative, and fairmapsillinois.com. What it does is takes the, the, the current process and puts it in the hands of a bipartisan remapping commission. And so you'd have 12 members, you'd have six Republicans, six Democrats, and you'd have to have people on both six, sides. Agree. Six Democrats appointed by Mike well, Madigan. No, no. So actually what we would do is, is, so we've got a couple things here. One is, I have to stay within the bounds of the law. And the, the Supreme Court of Illinois has given us a real narrow window that we can draw up. But I can do it with the appointment process. So we'd have the Senate Republican leader, the Senate Democratic leader. House Republican leader, House Democrat leader. So yeah, you know, if Madigan's the House Democrat leader, he'd get three out of 12. But it's better than the current system, and the way the thing is drawn up, at least two of the Republicans have to agree, and at least two of the Democrats have to agree. 
So between them, really, the, the, the idea of gerrymandering generally was to frame your map as either Democrat or Republican. And so if you put them both in the room and force them to come to a conclusion, make both sides agree, then you've balanced the interests. You know, it's, it's funny. Some folks say, well, I want an, a wholly independent commission. Well, in Illinois, I have never actually met an independent person, uh, unless they're totally ignorant of any of the politics of the state, but those are not the, necessarily the folks you'd want drawing your maps anyway. So I'd say, hey, you know, let's make sure everyone's interests are well known and let's balance the interests. And so that, that method gets you to a map where we the people could actually elect the representatives that, that reflect our values and our beliefs. And then hopefully we would have folks that also would not be uh, quite so corrupt uh, as we've had uh, up to this point. You know, I can recall being in a restaurant in Piatone with my wife and just listening into the conversation. And the people were just outraged talking about how their district was controlled by a Southside Democrat. And they felt disenfranchised. Sure. And, and one of the ways that Madigan has used is, so yeah, he, he's got folks in the city of Chicago representing farmland of far south. And, and, and uh, if you live in the Collar counties anywhere, you know, you'll have districts that, that they go into Cook County to heavy population areas and then little thin lines out to your district, whether it's in DuPage County or up in Lake County or down at Will County. Uh, and so by doing it that way, uh, you have representatives representing parts of DuPage County that live in Cook County have absolutely no interest in, in DuPage County. And so what we do with fair maps is, hey, when you have a fair map, your community stays together. You don't split the, the village of Lyle with about 20,000 or so people into four separate legislative districts. You, know, you keep it together. And so uh, all of those are the, the positive benefits. And here's the thing too, when you've got fair maps, people have more confidence in their government because the legislators are the, the you know, they're similar to their communities. Uh, so all of that together, again, it's, it's not even just a, it's not a red team versus blue team thing. It's a, it's a self-governance thing for the people of the state of Illinois. To some extent, you could actually say, we don't really have a democracy in Illinois because we the people don't have the ability to elect the legislators of our choice. How many signatures do you need, valid signatures, and when do you need them? Right, so we need 360,000 signatures, which is a big job. That's a big job. But when you think about the importance of the issue and the fact that this is the lone thing that we the people can do, the lone reform that we can do from the people, it's something that it's worth the effort. And I will tell you, you know, I've, I've never had anyone that I've asked to sign that has said, oh, no, 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 I like the corrupt mapping process we have. Uh, and so, and, and I've, you know, Republican, Democrat, or anywhere in between, no one is, you know, it's not a problem. You, you're certainly not going to get in any trouble at work or at home uh, promoting the fair maps. So again, we, and we need the signatures by April 15th, so we can file them on May 1st, and then it would be on the November ballot. So again, 360,000 signatures. If you go to fairmapsillinois.com, you can get a little petition sheet, you download it, print it on your home printer, and there you go. In fact, I always say, you know, right away, get to fairmapsillinois.com download that petition, hit print today, and sign it. So you yourself, be your first signature. Uh, and the reason I say that is because for most folks, you're going to see your, your, your lonely signature on that page. You're going to say, I need to get some friends for my signature here. And if you can fill up that page, just 10 signatures, uh, you'd do a great service. And then you mail it into the P.O. box on the back of the petition. Well, if you collect the signatures, surely in this state they're going to be challenged. Sure. Well, and this is part of the problem. There is also a sense uh, that, uh, oh, the courts are going to throw it off. But actually, the courts have looked at this issue pretty closely, and every single court to squarely address the issue says, 
redistricting reform is appropriate to come from the citizenry. The problem we've had was that folks had drawn up these Rube Goldberg style, I mean, really complicated initiatives. And uh, so what, what I did when, when I first started this, I had some dear friends of mine who said, you know, Peter, we're all with you, but you, you'd better make sure the law is right on this. I consulted some of the best lawyers in the state that I know, I'm pretty good myself. And so that's why we drew it so simply and cleanly, where it's just the 12 members, six Republicans, six Democrats, and they pick the, uh, they, they draw that map in, you know, and, and again, require the bipartisan cooperation. That you can do. So I know that that is, is fully in accord with Illinois law and with every court case that has even been contemplated about this issue. Expected to pass in November? Well, here's the thing. Once you get that on the ballot, the people of Illinois realize, hey, uh, I have a chance to actually you know, get the mapping process out of Madigan's hands and into a bipartisan commission. Oh, I mean, folks will vote for that every day. This is an amendment that truly would change things, not, not merely change things, but make a generational, transformational change in the state of Illinois for the better. So let's say it does pass in November. When's it kick in? Immediately. And so uh, at you know, 2020, we're in the, in the middle of the census right now. Uh, we've got the census process getting going. Uh, we're going to get the results in 2021. So it would start right then. So as the results come in, you know, the state, the, the way the federal government does it is they take the results of the census, and in 2021, they would give the results to the states. They then begin their remapping process. It would be done under the new commission, and so it would be done in a fair manner. And I can't help but think, and you kind of touched on this, what a big difference this would make for the protection of life right here in Illinois. It really, uh, when you're looking at something like parental notice, which is hanging by a thread right now, if you had legislators elected from districts that were drawn to, to reflect their communities, there's no way you would find a majority of legislators in either chamber, the House or the Senate, who would go for this radical, uh, radical proposal to take uh, children's health care out of the hands of their parents and somehow put it in the hands of some you know, nameless, faceless abortionist or in the hands of the man, you know, the adult man that got your daughter pregnant. So certainly that provision we would be able to protect parental notice, which is saving thousands, thousands of lives. You could see then, under a legislature that was honestly elected from districts that represented uh, their constituency, you could see the health and safety licensing be reenacted so that all these things that were taken away by the Reproductive Health Act, you could see them start to come back. Health and safety licensing, something everyone supports. Banning this gruesome, uh, barbaric third trimester dismemberment abortions, getting rid of those. Frankly, even second trimester abortions, which most folks in Illinois are not in favor of. Uh, you could actually start to see those pro-life initiatives come forward. You could see the taxpayer funding of abortion get kicked out, thrown out the way it should have been in the first place. It's only because these gerrymandered districts put in these radical legislators uh, that, that are entirely out of touch with their people that we saw some of these radical abortion measures, just these terrible abortion measures become law. You talked about parental notice, and as you mentioned, it's hanging by the thread. Planned Parenthood has probably made this their number one effort to, at the very least, modify it, and they really are going for an outright repeal. So, aside from fair maps, how do we protect parental notice? Well, uh, uh, today uh, we heard here at Speak Out Illinois that the Girls' Health First Initiative has started a, a big push against uh, the repeal of a Parental Notice of Abortion Act. Uh, so we get, get in touch with those efforts, get in touch with IFI, with its efforts. You know, the effort that we put forward for the Reproductive Health Act, folks don't realize that almost worked. 
the bill was dead. It was only resurrected in those final few days once uh, there were some, some ex the excuse was, well, Alabama just banned abortion, which I, I have no idea what that has to do with the, you know, what we do here in Illinois. Uh, but, you know, they, they used this excuse. They were able to slide it through. But even then, you know, it, did, it barely passed. And parental notice is something that's even more visceral uh, because any parent of any child understands that that child does not make adult medical decisions, and certainly not decisions like an abortion decision that is a permanent decision uh, without the involvement of a parent at the very least. The, the effort that we put forward for the Reproductive Health Act, if we can repeat it, having learned our lessons from it, and even amplify it, I would give us a very strong chance of actually stopping this parental notice repeal effort if we can put forward again and amplify the effort that we put forward just last year. So I, I really, I mean, I feel very good. There were a lot of legislators who very quietly, you know, the, the Reproductive Health Act, because it was framed in, the, in the, the cause of rights and things like, it was very ephemeral. And healthcare. Healthcare and all of that. Uh, parental notice is a lot more concrete. And you have a picture in your mind of a 14-year-old girl. That's easy to conjure up. And you could make the argument that a vote for repealing parental notice is actually a vote for child predators and sex traffickers. Absolutely. You see, and this, this is something that is, um, the Girls' Health First Initiative is making this case. Uh, I know there are others, you know, I'm, I'm sure IFI is going to be uh, working on that as well uh, in terms of bringing in experts to talk about child sex trafficking, which is a horrendous problem we've got nowadays. The other thing about parental notice, because we got it in effect in 2013, we have data We've seen 55% drop in the underage abortion rate over these past few years since we enacted parental notice. We have stories from abortion clinics uh, here locally. I, I know of one story where, where there was a, a, a teacher in Arkansas that brought his student to a Southern Illinois abortion clinic, procured an abortion on the student, and then took her back. Now, the Arkansas police actually figured out what was going on. That actually uh, brought, uh, brought that gentleman to justice. We did see the, um, you know, the effect of this. So there's a practical effect. It's visceral. It's, it's, it's visible. This is Illinois Family Spotlight speaking with Peter Breen. We'll continue our conversation after this. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The state Senate in Utah has now approved by a unanimous vote a bill that would decriminalize polygamy, making it a mere infraction akin to jaywalking. This development in Utah is the logical extension of the Supreme Court's Obergefell decision in 2015 that legalized same-sex marriage. Once you redefine marriage so that it is no longer the union of a man and a woman, then you've eroded your foundation to defend marriage against a change in number. Once you've changed gender, the logical obstacle to a change in number is is far less significant. In fact, polygamy is an objective wrong, and it's a deformed human relationship, and it can never be made not abusive. It can never be made safe. Valerie Hudson, a distinguished professor at the Bush School of Government and Public Service at Texas A&M, made the point well, quote, the harm, she said, has been found to be inherent in the practice. I'm Albert Moeller. Thanks again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, joined by Peter Breen, Vice President and Senior Counsel for the Pro-Life Thomas More Society. He's also a candidate for state representative in the 48th House Legislative District. He certainly is a voice for families and for life here in Illinois. Representative Breen, we've been talking about the 
parental notice act uh, being in danger of being repealed or really watered down, modified by those who promote abortion. And I'm just wondering, and I've, I've asked you this question before, but what's the goal here? They've passed the so-called Reproductive Health Care Act. They've got taxpayer funding of abortions. And if they do away with parental notice, it seems to me maybe the end goal is to bring abortion to our public schools. In California, Planned Parenthood is setting up shop in 50 high schools, Los Angeles County. Could that happen here? And even on a bigger basis, could we see the school nurse, for instance, giving out abortion drug prescriptions or even handing out abortion drugs? Am I way off base here? You're you're right to point to California because the, the radical leftists here are looking at California for all of their inspiration. The next step after you repeal parental notice, from their perspective, is to then watch the increase in the number of abortions. Because when you do the taxpayer funding, when you get rid of parental notice, you you see the numbers go up. And in California, you see things like the abortion drug being distributed for free on college campuses. And, as you noted, uh, you see the school nurse being a Planned Parenthood person in the high school. So you, you, you're bringing Planned Parenthood in. It, Planned Parenthood in California has established itself as a legitimate health care provider that happens to do abortions. And so in the rest of the country, folks think of Planned Parenthood as an abortion clinic that provides some other things. So they've flipped it around in California. And so they have, have just uh, they've put their tentacles into every politician in that state. They've put them into the high schools, into the school systems. So that's, that is the other side's goal, is to just bring abortion into every every facet of, of their uh, community and their society. And so that, that sort of thing, you, you do have to look at it. If, you, if you're watching what they're doing in Illinois, the playbook is clear. It's California. Remember, in California, there are over 100 Planned Parenthood clinics in California. In the state of Illinois, if there are 10, I'd be surprised. And certainly only a, a handful of those do abortions. But over there, I mean, it is, it is abortion central uh, and all taxpayer funded. Again, we saw just the, you know, when the most recent uh, abortion statistics came out for Illinois, we had a 4,000 abortion increase on Illinois women from 2017 to 2018 at a time when the national rate is dropping. So from 32 to 36,000 Illinois babies aborted. And really, taxpayer funding was the one thing that had changed during that time period. Again, at a time when the rate should be going down, ours spiked. And with the Reproductive Health Act, the late-term abortion uh, uh, ban gone, health and safety licensing gone, I would expect to see a similar, a similar move you know, in these next few years. So, You talked about how Planned Parenthood has its tentacles in with California politicians, but could the same be said for Illinois politicians? I would say that Planned Parenthood probably does have its tentacles into all of the major statewide elected officers in the state of Illinois. The thing in California is they're brazen about it. Yeah, the California Attorney General, on election night, his acceptance speech of the Democratic nomination uh, when he was elected two years ago, he did it in front of a Planned Parenthood banner. They paid for his election night party and he thanked them profusely. And that's all while he was actually un- you know, doing the prosecution of David Daleiden, where Planned Parenthood was the chief instigator behind the prosecution. Their staff were the, uh, the alleged complaining witnesses. So it was, it's just brazen there. They don't have any compunction about showing the connection. Here it is more quiet. Uh, there is personal pack. That is the way Planned Parenthood acts here in Illinois. Uh, so that is the Abortion Industries Political Action Committee. 
They've got millions of dollars that they spend in selected races all across the state and at the statewide level. Well, now we find out that Planned Parenthood is really backing a couple different measures in the legislature. One would bring even more comprehensive sex ed to our public schools, starting in kindergarten. So if Planned Parenthood is behind this, they're backing it, what should that tell us? Well, it's never a good idea to hand over to the abortion industry your sexual education of your children. The point of, of this sort of education is to help children to make healthy choices, not to make choices that will lead to them going to an abortion clinic. Uh, so you know, when, when you're looking at it, it really, it, it turns the whole thing on its head. And so for those of us, particularly, you know, we've, we've got young kiddos, uh, looking at uh, what this legislature and what Planned Parenthood, in co combination with the legislature, want to do in our public schools, where they want to uh, try to somehow uh, educate children to, to have sexual relations uh, outside of the, uh, the bonds of marriage, it makes no sense. It really, it literally, it, it, it is encouraging our kids to do things that every one of us knows is not in accord with their best health, safety, and long-term success. And they have a vested interest in having kids engage in sexual activity because that will lead to more abortions. Right. You, you don't let the fox tend the hen house. And our little children, our precious little children, should not be having some abortion clinic coming in and trying to, to teach them about sexual activity and, and refraining from it. What should voters be telling the lawmakers about this? They should kind of be outraged, shouldn't they? Well, here's the thing. You, you can pull a thread through. Throughout all of these bills, there is this move to take control out of the hands of parents and put it in the hands of government administrators or abortion clinics. What you have to do is say, hands off my kids, hands off parental notice, hands off my local schools, hands off my religious liberty. That is actually a really, to me, I think that's a powerful way of putting it. Say, look, get out of my life. You know what, I'll raise my kids the way I see fit, please, you know, and stay away. Well, that leads me to these two immunization bills. One requires the HPV vaccine, which supposedly guards against uh, sexual uh, disease and that sort of thing. And the other does away with religious exemptions. This is a parental rights issue, absolutely, right? Well, and that is something I have heard, uh, I've gotten huge feedback from parents that are very concerned about the religious exemption uh, and, and also from parents whose children are, are very medically fragile. And so uh, they really can't vaccinate because their, their children have issues that, that would be terribly exacerbated if they were vaccinated. And I, I did a video on Facebook the other day. I saw it. Yeah, it, it, we've had almost 100,000 uh, connections to it, uh, which is, that, that would be the most viral video I've ever done. And I just, I just taped it. We were in Omaha for the Thomas More Banquet, and I just I had enough people you know, asking me about it, so I analyzed the bill. The bill would, would absolutely strip your parental rights in, in all ways. Uh, it, it really, I, I looked at it, and it, it appears that Illinois law is structured such that even if you delay a vaccine, DCFS could take your kid because they'd be abused and neglected, which is you know, absolutely outrageous. So folks need to, to push back against these sort of nanny state things. Here's the other thing. We want everyone safe. And right now, uh, we have a very high vaccination rate in Illinois. There is no issue that anyone has pointed out, no data that has been forwarded in any way, shape, or form showing that anyone is unsafe with our current laws. 
And so at that point, you leave well enough alone. And, and frankly, when you're, when you're coming in on people's core religious rights, their, their authority as a parent, stay back. And again, that, this, is, this is this constant string that I see in all of this legislation, parental notice, the vaccine stuff, the sex ed. It's all about taking your kids away from you or somehow putting, uh, putting barriers between you and your child. These are bills in search of a problem. That is really the issue, too. I mean, it, so, so on, on the vaccine side, we've got no issue in the state of Illinois. We've seen nothing at all. I've got not one iota of data. Uh, showing some problem here that needs to be solved. And in fact, just a few years ago on the vaccine issue, uh, the religious exemption was tightened up. You know, there's a very particular form you got to fill out and they've got to get it signed and all this business. So look, we don't have a problem on that front, but we could cause a real problem of religious liberty and cause a real problem for these medically fragile children if we start pushing, pushing in this way with no issue at stake. And again, I, folks just need to tell their legislators, hands off, stay away from my kids. And, and just because, remember, you know, the, the folks using the religious exemption are minimal, but for everyone else, you know what, it's stay away from my kid, stay away from their kid. You know, it's not just you, it's, it's everybody down the street. Make sure, you know, keep the government out of the, out of the way. And we know that Planned Parenthood is behind, supporting at least, the HPV requirement. And the, the HPV vaccine is a, is, it's a unique one because it's, it deals solely with a sexually transmitted disease. And so if your child is not sexually active, then they can't, they can't catch it. But then as well, the, uh, the vaccine itself, the particular manufacturers, I've seen studies recently that show either the, the efficacy is not great or it's only as to a very limited number of these, uh, these particular strains. And I continue to hear stories of people who've had very, very negative reactions from the vaccine. So at this point, mandating that particular vaccine does not appear to be good public health. HPV is not polio. Uh, and so, you know, that's a very different sort of thing where we take the standard we applied to, say, something like a polio and put it to this, uh, this, other, uh, this other disease, and especially with a vaccine that doesn't even necessarily appear to address most of the strains of, the, of this other uh, disease that is only uh, transmitted sexually. And I can see a scenario where kids will say, well, I've had the HPV vaccine. We can have sex and be okay. And it's going to lead to more promiscuity, and more promiscuity would lead to what? Perhaps more abortions. It is funny. In the sex ed bill, they actually had a mention of vaccination. You're so they're going, what in the world does teaching children about, and I'm assuming they were going to teach them about the HPV vaccine, and I'm like, who is going to do the teaching on that? Are they going to use the medical studies that show that this is actually not necessarily 100% effective? It's only got very limited effectiveness against certain strains. And then they wanted as well to allow children to consent to be vaccinated. And I'm sitting there going, that doesn't make any sense unless you tie together this HPV business. And of course, there's there's money involved. I'm seeing I'm seeing there were campaign contributions from oh, the folks that make big. the HPV vaccines to the to the legislators yeah. that are pushing it. it just I, I really, t to me, here's my problem. The other side, they put out all these little things because they want us to lose you know use up all our energy on this or that little thing. Give your legislator a generic message. Get your hands off my kids. Don't vote for any of this trash. And I think, you know, again, for me, uh, if I were doing the lobbying, if I were helping you coordinate it, that's what I would say is because, you know, look, well, oh, HB, da, 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 da. oh, SB, but, 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 no, look, hands off my kids. Don't vote for any of it. Before we wrap things up here, and here again, you touched on it. Governor Pritzker in his uh, State of the State address talked about the need for ethics reform because of this culture of corruption right here in Illinois and 
Yet, we see that the two chief sponsors of these vaccination bills got significant contributions from Big Pharma. It sounds crazy. We have some actually very large pharmaceutical companies in Illinois, and they do work here, and they're producing good medicines and all that. But then when you see the particular manufacturer of a particular drug give to a particular legislator who then wants to mandate the use of that particular drug with a whole group of people, that, that, does, I mean, that does raise questions. Because I, I, don't want to, I don't want to malign any industry that is doing good work in Illinois and, and, and giving, giving folks jobs and all of that. But... It, it just, you're sitting there going, come on, guys. I mean, seriously? I mean, really, uh, you know, big check comes in, bill gets filed. That just, it, it, it makes everyone look bad. And I, and I, you know, the particular legislators involved, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak to their ethics or lack thereof, but boy, it, it certainly looks bad. And, and I would say this, look, I mean, J.B. Pritzker, I'm glad he's on the ethics train because this is the guy that tried to buy either the treasurer's spot or a U.S. Senate seat from Rod Bogoyevich. And then, of course, you know, got a, got a tax exemption, which was illegal by stripping the toilets out of his mansion. So I, I'm glad he's on the ethics train. I hope he actually stays there and pushes it through on two fronts, one doing ethics. And number two, why doesn't he come behind fair maps? Why doesn't he get behind fair maps? Because that, that would do huge things in terms of making this state less corrupt and more ethical. Well, tell us once again how people can get involved with fair maps and make sure this gets on the ballot and uh, becomes law. Fairmapsillinois.com, and you can find us on Facebook as well at Fairmapsillinois. Download that sheet, sign it, go around, get your friends and your neighbors, folks at work to sign it. Uh, You will get no objection from anybody about it. And your campaign for 48th District State Rep. Oh, well, we're at votebreen.com, votebreen.com, B-R-E-E-N. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash votebreen. I'm easy to find there. Thank you so much. Peter Breen with the Thomas More Society and running for the 48th District State House seat. So thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Please support the work of Illinois Family Action and Illinois Family Institute. A reminder, we have a big education summit with a variety of experts on education about how to get your kids out of the public school system and alternatives to public school education, government school education. That's April 25th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. You can go to IllinoisFamily.org for more information. God bless. Tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.